This is Level Bit 13, but you're going to get two interviews today instead of my ramblings on various aspects of audio in the world of games. So lucky you. <laughs> uh, right now, you're hearing music by Benji Inniger for the game Tactics 5 Obsidian Brigade. It's a game inspired by Final Fantasy Tactics. Benji and I also talk about his music for the game Whipsy in the Lost Atlas, and those two projects are about as different as could be just a super fun contrast between the two. Uh, if you've listened to Level from the beginning, you might remember Benji as a patron of the week from a couple years ago. Benji lives in the area. Uh, he'll explain where and what he does, and uh, so we've had the pleasure of hanging out a couple of times, which is pretty cool. Um, so yeah, Benji has been a patron for a very long time, and speaking of patrons, you're going to hear from patron of the week, Adam Selvage. You might recognize Adam's name from our end credits, because he manages levelwithemily.com, along with our friend, composer Brad Gentle. Adam sent me a list of five of his favorite video game tracks, and I chose two for us to talk about, and we start with the Mjolnir mix from Halo 2. such a great song uh that game ultimately uh was disappointing only because uh, it ended on a cliffhanger yes like i liked everything about the game yeah except for how it ended and if you have a great race and someone trips you at the end of it are you going to be happy about the race probably not i don't know Uh, so i was uh so bitter about the way that game ended uh (laughs) And how much they showed of the next game in the behind-the-scenes stuff that was on the Steelbook Special Edition that I bought. Okay. That I was like, Where, where's the rest of the game? Like, obviously, they, they played it. Like, I just saw a video of, the, like, the next game. Where's that? Why why did they end this on a cliffhanger? <sighs> yeah. And I was much younger then, and uh, I kind of just flipped the table uh, metaphorically and sold my uh, xbox uh with the uh the four games that i had for it at the time you were that uh, mad about it i was that angry and i wow. used that money to buy a uh, ps2 slim <laughs> which was brand new at the time and then i flipped that for twice the price okay and sold that on ebay so i made some money off the deal um <laughs> And then uh, when Halo 3 came out, I bought an Xbox 360 and all the other Halo games. <laughs> <sighs> all right. So, all right. Yeah, I, right. Yeah. I, I knew it was going to happen. So, you know, now when I'm like, man, Halo 4 had some bad stuff in it, but I still go back and keep playing the darn thing. So. a great game uh, that was the one that uh, i want to say they introduced uh, dual wielding on it uh, it had that amazing soundtrack that had the uh 
some really good like you're stepping off the ship and then the track starts and that that song right there is one that does that uh i don't know what is it a hook or something like that in the game that they do that but it's really cool to you know you step off you, you start to see the planet in the background the aliens are attacking you that song starts um and i believe there's a breaking benjamin song in there as well which was completely out of place but completely appropriate for the point that they had it do you think that when you went back and played it again like it was easier because the third one was out by then Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Because I knew that there was a continuation and more importantly, a conclusion to the storyline. Like you didn't end Halo 3 wondering, you know, what's Master Chief up to? Well, you know, he made it back home and he's he's done with it now. Spoiler alert. Actually, no, he didn't actually (laughs) uh, make it back home at the end of 3. He uh, ended up... uh, He ended up floating in space in half of a spaceship. And that's how Halo 4 started. (laughs) Yeah, spoiler alert, but yeah, he never no he never really uh, finishes the fight in any of these games. Hilarious. There's always one more fight. Yeah. There's always one more. Well, there has to be, right? Yes, yeah. exactly, yeah. So is 2 your favorite overall, just, you know? Soundtrack-wise, I think 2 was the highlight. Um, primarily because of the... Just how, how weird that soundtrack was with, like, a modern band also having a song in the soundtrack. But uh, that was that was Marty that did that one, right? Yeah, yes. Martin O'Donnell yes. and uh, Michael Sepatori. Mm-hmm. Yeah, both of those guys are fantastic musically. Like, I love everything they've ever put out. Let's talk about Remember Me. Did you play the game? I did. Uh, and I have a problem with bouncing off games where I'll play the first couple levels and then I'll be like, yeah, okay, that was interesting, but, you know, whatever, I'll get back to it. And then I never get back to it. Um, that one had a really cool hook that uh, they had technology uh, to completely change, edit, record memories uh and it brought a whole lot of uh like deep science fiction concepts of like who are we if not our memories uh are you someone else if you remember something differently uh can you make a new person out of these memories Mm -hmm. uh and there was this world that they built that was a post-apocalyptic uh just nightmare of horrible things going on outside of the city walls, but most of the story took place within the city walls. Uh, and I want to say it was set in Paris, like Neil Paris. Yes. And there, there's points where you end up down in the sewers and catacombs and mm-hmm. bad stuff is happening down there. But mm-hmm. um, I actually, I, I love the, the game. It had a, I, I think it, it stayed its welcome. Like the moment it started to get stale, they, they wrapped the game up and oh, nice. got on with it. Nice. I know that the, I know there's a lot of people that felt like it was slightly overstated. It's welcome because the hmm. the combat is fairly simple in that you know it's a whole lot of press X to not die kind of stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. But but it was like parkour kind of fighting where you know you mm-hmm. hit X and then Y and then B and 
you do like a whole bunch of punches and it looks really cool on the screen. Uh, yeah. And that soundtrack just, just blew me away. Yeah. Because if I remember correctly, he filmed that with an orchestra and then went in and did the digital stuff afterwards. So it's all like digital artifact kind of music yeah. where yeah. you think, am I, is, is my MP3 player skipping? Is this a corrupt file? No, yeah. it's just uh, whatever he's done to this music, which blew my mind. Yeah, he's a genius, and I, every single score he releases blows my mind in some way, shape, or form. We're talking about Olivier Derivier, by the way, who did that soundtrack. Yes. Yeah, and just, it's incredible. The whole thing is incredible, and you're right, there's yeah. great energy in it, is what you said in your email, is that there's just such good energy right. in it. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and that's one of the few soundtracks that works as one piece. Like, you could start at the very beginning... And listen to the whole, you know, 45, 50 minutes of it and get like a sense of like where the story went and what was happening and what the final resolution was just from the music. And there's no one piece that like sticks out as like, ah, oh, this is not like the other ones. Kind of like uh, Halo 2 had that Breaking Benjamin song. You're like, well, this, I mean, it works, but it's not like any of the other songs. Whereas this one, they, it was all like one orchestral piece that yeah. had corruption. That was actually the first game that I had ever seen the publisher do a remix competition for as well, where I can't find any of the tracks other than the ones that won like the, the top two spots. Okay. But they did, uh, uh, they had this competition where you could submit your own remixes of the songs. Thanks for sending such a great list, and thanks, yeah. obviously, for being a uh, supporter of ours. It's meaningful, and uh, I'm grateful for it. And all the help you do with our website, too, is so meaningful. Um, yeah, it's doing well. Yeah, it, it looks great all the time, and yeah, I really appreciate it. You're very welcome. Adam's other choices were a chase through Montmartre from Remember Me.
the prelude from Final Fantasy VII. Bessed Island from Final Fantasy X. Composer Benji Inniger just had two games come out right around the same time, one called Tactics 5 Obsidian Brigade, and that's where we're going to start our conversation. So I'm at Bethany Lutheran College. I'm an associate professor there. Um, and so I teach primarily uh, the fun, like music technology stuff. Like right now I have a class called Music Communication and Technology. Um, and so that's a lot of fun. We just go through, you know, like what is synthesis? What is sampling? How does, you know, recording work? That kind of stuff. Um, and then I also teach um, sound design and film scoring and the directing courses and some theater history stuff. So I get a nice big wide palette yeah. of the stuff I get to talk about, which I love. Every day's a little different. Yeah, no kidding. And where is Bethany Lutheran for those who don't know? Yeah, that's in Mankato, Minnesota. So it's kind of right in the south central part of the state. Yeah, love about it. About 90 minutes south of Minneapolis. Yeah, we're neighbors. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we've had occasion to meet a few times, which is great. You've brought your students up here to the cities to Orchestra Hall. I remember that was when, wasn't that when they were showing E.T.? Yes, exactly. Oh, that was and so, 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 yeah, oh. they were showing E.T. and playing the score live, and we got to go to a dress rehearsal. That was yeah, awesome. and Minork has been so generous with. Uh, I try to find that's like, our term for Minnesota Orchestra up here, by the way, Minork. Just so yeah, Minork. <laughs> Minnesota Orchestra. Because we're lazy. Minork. <laughs> Um, but man, they are just, their education department is so, so generous Solid, um, yeah. in letting us come in and do that. And we're, ho I'm trying to find little excuses just about every semester and be like, oh, I have this vaguely related class. Can we come visit you again? And um, they're so, they're so cool about letting us come and um, hopefully afterwards, you know, kind of meet some of the musicians and kind of really get a feel for what it means to be a professional musician and stuff. And yeah, it, it rocks. That organization is my favorite. I love them. Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. Yeah. Are you coming up anytime this year that you know of? 
Yes, uh, hopefully it hasn't been uh, hasn't been confirmed yet, but we're hoping to come to a rehearsal for uh, Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire in nice, October. Nice. So. Well, Benji, it's so nice to talk to you about something a little different um, than normal. But uh, you've had a couple of games come out recently, which is super cool, and I'm interested to know, uh, you know, how those projects came about. I think you said one of them is a Minneapolis company or a Minnesota company. That'd be Tactics 5. Um, okay. So, yep, that one is right in Minneapolis. Uh, it's a company called From Nothing Game Studios, uh, primarily a guy named Paul Metcalf, um, who works with that company, um, is is the sole developer, maybe not the sole developer, but definitely the primary for this game. And he's been working on it in some iteration for many years, probably, I'm trying to remember, five, six, seven years, something like that, um, on and off. And so we got connected. Uh, there's, there's kind of a, a community of um, Minneapolis game developers, um, and we got connected through them. And he was posting some screenshots and some videos and stuff. And I was like, I recognize that. That looks like Final Fantasy Tactics. You have my interest, <laughs> sir. Um, <laughs> and so we just started talking, and I threw out there. like, hey, you need music? And he's like, yeah, totally. And so um, that was about spring of 17. I think it was April or May around there. And so, uh, yeah, so ever since then, uh, we've been kind of working back and forth together and um, as more, uh, for the longest time, you know, it was just kind of them working on the foundations of the game and the map and what everything's going to look like. And then, um, and th so, so that was probably a period of a year and a half where I was just kind of vaguely developing some things. And then it was just a sprint to the finish. All of a sudden there was all this new content and all this, yeah, all this story being added and um it ended up being much more of a story-driven game than I originally anticipated, which is delightful. Um, but uh, yeah, that's kind of the, the brief history of that one. Okay, yeah. So let's talk a little bit more about you know the relationship there between Final Fantasy. Did that make it really simple for you to to just choose a palette then, or was was it just the visuals and the um, you know kind of uh, fantasy genre that that made that easy for you? Sure. Um, it, it's definitely very hardcore Final Fantasy Tactics inspired. Um, and that was one thing that I was a little uh, worried is too strong, but but curious about is that, you know, we connected so well because we both really enjoyed that game on PS1 way back in the day. Mm -hmm. And um, and so, like, I I was leery that it was going to be a total clone. Um, but mm. uh, the way it ended up and the way that it developed over time was that it actually, it, it, it really is its own. Like, you can see the Final Fantasy tactics and, you know, Fire Emblem kind of stuff DNA in it, but it mm -hmm. really is its own thing. Yeah. Uh, from an artistic standpoint, the, the art style and the story and everything is quite unique. Um, so, for my point, like, at that point, I was dying to do something more orchestral because mm -hmm. uh, I had just done a bunch of like mobile games and stuff and those were great and some great developers but a lot of like boppy you know like fun goofy techno-y kind of yeah. stuff and so mm -hmm. I was just like salivating to do something more orchestral and this was the perfect opportunity to really dive into that and um yeah there's so, a lot of great horn stuff in there and uh yeah the, a lot of a lot of good horn stuff real noble for sure, yeah, and and that was fun about this game too. Is that obviously it's a battle tactics game, so there's got to be some adrenaline and there's got to be some you know blood pumping battle music and that and such. Um, but uh, because of the story that they put in and the character development, we were able to you know kind of 
get the softer side of it a little bit in there too. And so it really did run the gamut and the, you know, the world was just wide open for me of, of what they let me do. And, um, yeah. Yeah. There was piano in there too. And I, I, you know, it seems like it was a blended score. There were some acoustic elements in there. It sounded like. Mostly it was about 95% sampled. Um, and it was, it was kind of interesting. Like the first iteration of it, I, it was, I played in more instruments than ended up in the final score because the art style is, I'm not sure exactly what to call it actually. It's not pixel art. It's not really like low poly kind of thing. It's, it, it's sort of low poly, but it's very much their own thing. Um, okay. So it does feel retro. And so when there was more very realistic instruments, it, it was kind of like this, this you know, pixel art style with a, you know, really realistic, photorealistic background um, of the music. And it didn't really mesh. So I actually took some of the more real stuff out and kind of made it sound a little bit more like samples, actually. And that sure. actually clicked together uh, a lot better. makes sense yeah i can yeah. see that i can see yeah that. interesting and, and i didn't want to go all the way to like uh, you know i mean me and a jillion other people you know favorite one of my favorite scores of all time of course is final fantasy 7 you know nubo uematsu yep. um and so um that one it was very much in my mind and and just kind of the final fantasy soundtracks in general one thing that they do really well is they kind of you know even though a lot of the games have really serious, uh, you know, like serious storylines and tragedy and tragedy happens and such. Yeah. But there, there's a vastness to it. There's always like a hope to it and a, like a vastness of space. Mm -hmm. um, and, and it's kind of a blend of modern and more traditional orchestral too, you know, like with some of the pianos and some of the percussion. It's just something they do really well yeah. and something I was kind of thinking about that I wanted to put into tactics as well. Cool. Um, yeah. So there's a track called Peaceful Dialogue that's pretty fun. Tell me about that one. Yeah. yeah. So um, it was how we structured this music. And, and because we knew we wanted to keep the overall size of the game a little bit smaller, just to be essentially ported as widely as we can. So it's, it's selling the best on Switch, but it's also on Steam and everything. And so we decided early on that the music is going to be loop-based throughout and kind of tied to situations as opposed to tied to locations or characters, if that kind of makes sense. Yep. Um, so the battles are like that. The dialogue is like that, where depending on who you're talking to, like there's some fun like bear man characters and stuff. When, when things are a little bit more lighthearted, uh, we wanted the you know, the music in the background to sort of reflect that. And so um, with all, especially with those dialogue pieces, you know, I wanted a little bit of a groove to it. It was something that you could bop to a little bit if you <laughs> felt like it, but not something that was so attention grabbing that it would distract you from the conversation or, you know, get annoying after its fourth loop or whatever. <laughs> Yeah. 
Yeah, they did just a bang up job and um especially like right at the end all these cool new 3D assets came in and and the team just just did a beautiful job and developing the the map and the little prologue at the beginning of the game is just gorgeous and uh it, it's amazing to see, you know, where we were 2 years ago versus the game that's out now. You got to tell me about Whipsy and the Lost Atlas, then. <laughs> sure, this is, absolutely. I mean, this couldn't be more different. And it was clear from the album art, once I imported them to my player, I was like, mm -hmm. okay, I can tell maybe <laughs> what, what these are going to sound like. But it, it is still really hilarious to kind of listen to them and intently back to back. You're like, well, here we go. <laughs> For sure. It, it was the same, like, because they both, I was working on them at the same time. Sure. Um, and so, like, you know, when tactics got a little bit, technical or you know whatever because tactics i tried for a bunch of the stuff to actually like quote unquote pen and paper write it down before it went into the computer mm. um just to have it sound a little different when that got you know tiresome then i could go over and do something really fun and stupid with whipsy so that was it was just a, such a great balance but yeah. um yeah so uh whipsy uh comes from a developer named daniel ramirez he's just a, a solo developer he lives in san salvador and um, we got connected over Twitter. It was something kind of similar where he posted some stuff and the early iteration of that game was much more retro looking than the final product. It looked like something that came right off a, like a Game Boy Color. Okay. Um, and obviously the first, per, you know, the first thing everybody sees is that, oh, that character looks like Kirby and it totally does. It totally um, does. I yeah, love it. absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So it's very Kirby inspired platformer uh -huh. kind of thing. And um, that one I started working in fall 2017. It, we started talking and uh, it had a really interesting path because for a long time it was just Daniel and I um, kind of working on this. And I did the sound design for Whipsy too. Um, and then... Uh, we tried to do a Kickstarter in its original iteration, and that did not go well. Uh, oh. But we sure, <laughs> but we sure learned a lot. Like we definitely, it takes. I have so much respect for people in, especially in indie games, who do marketing because it is just marketing is a full time job and a half. Oh my god, yeah. uh, it's just stunning. But um, so it went through that, and then we went through a weird thing where he decided to change the, the original title was whip master. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know, which that conjures something has all kinds of yeah, fun implications. <laughs> yeah. Let your imagination go. But, um, when he changed it to Whipsy and the Lost Atlas, somebody, I can't remember where, somewhere in some distant corner of Asia or something like that, cloned the game and put like a really crappy version of it on Google Play <gasps> on mobile. And what? it was exactly our original assets um, with oh. some like really, it was it was really interesting and scary at first because it was like our game. Wow. Um, just with, yeah. And so thankfully, um, you know, Daniel filed something with Google and but he actually reached out to the person who cloned the game and put it up there and and to our surprise whoever that that person was was really cool about it like took it down right away and he's like oh I just you know it, he he was yeah I know it's weird cuz he was trying to monetize from ads from it um but he was like oh I thought you wouldn't mind cuz you changed the title or whatever so we had to deal with this whole yeah it was so weird wow um 
But I did learn how actually common that is. If you, you know, people put stuff out on Twitter and and such of just like these are your thing and trying to build a following, and then mm. uh, and then somebody clones it and throws it out there is kind of a you know half baked thing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was just kind of an interesting hitch <laughs> in the whole thing. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. And so about a year ago, um, a new pixel artist came on. His name is uh, Roy Nathan DeGroote, um, who's pretty well known in pixel art circles and a cool guy and, and really kind of revamped the art style of the game. And uh, it's still, you know, it's still very retro style, but it's modernized and yeah. It's adorable. It really is, and it's just yeah. That's what it's supposed to be. It's it's just a short, cute, um, uh, kind of escapism sort of game. And from the music angle, from my surprise, like I thought it was going to be all like chip tuney kind of stuff. But I ended up using every instrument I have. You know, I just got like <laughs> tons of instruments in here, and I weird stuff too. Like I used a ton of bazooki and nice. like runroco and just like bass banjo and just like all sorts of weird stuff showed up on that and I never anticipated that happening so it was just so much fun to work on something so different and so um you know just trying to make it a little less generic I guess and and really kind of make it a really unique sounding thing I love the whistling and I love the glockenspiel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a real glockenspiel? Yeah, it's half and half. That must have been <laughs> super fun. Oh my gosh, like every track working on it was every time a new level would come out, it was just re- a blast to figure out like, okay, well, you know, this could sound like this and always trying to keep the groove, you know, something that you can bob your head to a little bit, but then putting in all these fun little melodic instruments. Yeah, it was just a joy. Yeah. It was a great time. And so there's five levels. Five, yes, there's... Yep, five yep. levels, five bosses. Correct. Um, so talk a little bit about, you know, taking level music and then doing boss music. Sure. Um, so... This was another one too that we had sort of a two levels. We had the beach level and the and the forest level for a long time, and then we we kind of chipped away at that and demoed that and stuff. And then the other three worlds and all the bosses came in in the last probably month that we were working on this. It came really fast. Wow. Um, yeah, and um, a lot of that came when the the extra artist came on, um, and he sure. just designed some. We, we had no idea what those bosses were going to look like until he came on and, and just did such an amazing creative job coming up with those. And so, you know, uh, trying to trying to come up with something that for the especially for the bosses that's you know has a little bit more danger to it but still fun it's still cute little fun whipsy game and even the bosses are just really charming and and adorable and have their little quirks and stuff so trying to toe that line i guess
So I know Whipsy is available on like everything or tactics or are they both available? They both are. Yep. They're both all over the place. And so, um, for, um, switch PS4, Xbox and steam. Uh, and then there's a mobile version of Whipsy coming probably in a couple months. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. And then is it tactics? That's also in Linux. (laughs) Yeah, it is in Linux, which is just good for them. (laughs) I just had this conversation with somebody not that long ago. I feel like it might've even been on an episode of level that uh some somebody was saying that same thing i just get such a kick out of that because one of the reviews was like thank you for making it in Linux." right i know seriously there's like this this you know secret society of linux gamers out there that are just overjoyed when something actually comes their way it's so funny I'm really indebted to the developers for having me along. And uh, it's just, this is such, it's such an amazing, these are my first two console games, uh, I guess you could say that are out there. I did a bunch of mobile games and stuff and to see something out on consoles is just stunning and fairly unbelievable (laughs) to me actually. Um, But um, yeah, I mean, if anybody wants to check it out, all of the scores as well are out on um, everywhere you get music, you know, on um, iTunes and Spotify and Bandcamp and all that stuff. And I'd love to hear what people say if you're up for doing that. So anybody who happens to be in the Southern Minnesota area, there's some performance stuff coming on. So um, I'm giving a concert of my music on um, September 22nd uh, at four o'clock at Bethany College where I work. And so um, a lot of it is uh, old theater music and video game music and such that I reformatted for mostly for string trio and then it expands from there but it's um, Minnesota orchestra musician friends that are my string trio and they're just incredible and it's oh. going to be just a lot of fun to hear these uh, video game and theater music and stuff come to life and a few new pieces in there too awesome um, yeah and then on October 5th um, the Mankato Symphony Orchestra um, is having a concert um, with uh, three pieces that I wrote for them uh, coming in there. So that's October 5th in Mankato. And so I'm just so over the moon about these things. And I, I can't wait to, it's been so much fun to collaborate with everyone and to make these orchestral iterations of things. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited. That's stuff great. going on. Yeah, no kidding. Well, that's uh, wonderful. Congrats on that stuff. Yeah, Andy. thank you so much. Yeah, no thank kidding. Thank you so much. And I love scores and pours so much. Really? Oh, I'm I love so happy it. to hear that. Because I'm, I'm, I, I'm not traditionally a wine guy. Yeah. Like I like <laughs> wine, but I know nothing about it. But now I feel like I'm learning so much. I know, and right? Just, oh man, <laughs> totally. And and just how you tie things together with 
with um, you know with the music and stuff. I think the uh, the B sides was my favorite episode so much. So oh, cool. Okay, keep up the good work on that. I'm really enjoying it. Oh, thanks, Benji. Tell and all Jill- your friends. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I just had my uh, I just had my common tech class listen to part of one. So oh, really? absolutely. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That's awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, no, absolutely. Jill's great, and uh, yeah, she'll be grateful. She'll she'll be so excited to hear uh, that you said those things. Well, thanks, Benji. And let yeah. you know, let me know when you're up here and stuff. And uh, yeah, we'll keep in touch and talk soon. Thank you so much, Emily. It's always so much fun to talk to you. Thanks for listening to Level Bit 13. I'm Emily Reese. Sam Keenan is our producer. Say hi, Sam. See a playlist at patreon.com slash level and learn more about us at levelwithemily.com. Made possible by Adam Selvage at Tiki Web Services and composer Brad Gentle. Level with Emily is a production of June Media, Inc.